Heavenly Father, I, uh, I don't know which way this is going to go today, and I just pray that the word that I've received from you and the message that you would have breathed through my lips would be one that always brings glory to your name. I pray that we reach the listener, that we reach the speaker, that we reach those who just come into contact with us every day. And God, just be with us. That's all we can ask for. In Jesus' name. Welcome to Cross Discourse, where music, culture, and life are discussed across the media spectrum weekly to help you live a godly life. Cross Discourse. Christ is culture. about this one bro it's like once it's out there it's out there and you can't take it back and it just makes it more real maybe I don't want it to be real here goes nothing yeah pen and pen in front of me I don't know where to start but it's the type of beat to vent on and share your heart Usually I write so you can receive But this time, this song will be more therapeutic for me Check it, six years ago I said goodbye to New Jersey And moved to Florida to marry my bride in a hurry Though it was a sacrifice for me cause I was deserting my fam I did it for the type of love that I had been yearning Fast forward to present time, now I'm in my thirties Reading over divorce papers to sign and it's hurting Trying to come up with a plan to acquire the earnings I need to file I might even have to hire attorneys Dad, I thought she was my ride or die on this journey But I was wrong Cause she looked me in the eye and she sternly told me She wants a divorce and felt like a knife was inserting into my heart I was tossed aside like I wasn't worthy In my mind we was working, I was providing and serving My love for her was like an all-consuming fire that's burning I guess my efforts fell short Cause the tide had been turning and now I wrestle self-doubt Thinking I'm undeserving of love That's embarrassing to admit Maybe I'm being too transparent with you on this She's gone but it's like she hasn't loosened a grip It's time for me to get this tat removed from my wrist And erase her name Cause even as I write this rhyme I'm reminded of her every time I look down It plagues the brain Then the mind plays a game Of only replaying good memories Not the bad to keep me in this state of pain My fans here fight for us to sing along But more than that I had hoped the message would bring her home But the fight's over cause I was swinging at air she get takes to the box and shorty left me in this ring alone And I've been playing pretend with my friends and family to ask Hey, how you been? I give them that A-OK cliche, but with that I'm battling depression and the temptation to sin My flesh is screaming, let this self-medication begin Let's feast on a plate of lust and then chase it with chin But I can't because I know what awaits in the end An addiction that'll keep me trapped in the state that I'm in, so I fight my knees are callous for my time in prayer I'm asking God to deliver me from my despair It's more than I can bear God, I need answers Then I hear him tell me Open up your Bible and you'll find it there Yeah, then I find clarity in 1 Peter 5, 7 It isn't there I read I can cast my anxieties on him Cause he cares for me If ever there's a need My father said he'll be there indeed Man, I need him now more than ever I'm feeling down and my heart is severed But as I continue to read All I can do is believe that he's just And he gon' work all of this out for my better I heard 
other will open But it's hell in the hallway And it's still a long way Until I reach that open door But while I'm in this hell I'll be giving my God praise So my man Grateful Ray hits me Gives me a call and he asks me Yo Tommy, how you doing bro? How you holding up? I tell him man Can't even lie, it's been hard Clinging to Jesus like never before Jesus is all I got And he says, well that's good Cause Jesus is all you'll ever need Facts, amen It may be hell in this hallway But I see light at the end And I'm making my way towards it I can do all things In his strength Yeah It's your boy Anonymous coming to you with another episode of Cross Discourse. That was Dayton, Hell in the Hallway. That was uh, way, way, way back. Not way back. It was about three years ago, September 18th or 28th of um, or September 12th of 2018. Um, Hell in the Hallway. That's a dope album. That was a dope song, actually. And um, it actually kind of feeds into everything that I really wanted to discuss today. I happened to come across an article. I've been praying and praying a lot lately. Just a lot of things have been on my mind. You know, what do I talk about? What do I focus on? What do I concentrate on? And um, HuffPost actually came out with an article. I'm not even sure. You know, let, let me let me see if I can look up. But it's actually called Why Marrying Unbelievers Can Work. And I don't know where uh, this story popped up in my post. Uh, I'm not liberal by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and HuffPost is, if you don't know about HuffPost, it's a very liberal kind of newspaper, online, magazine thing, um, thingamabob, if you will. Um, but I was actually looking into... I was researching just this idea of becoming a full on Christian and how, you know, I, I wanted to portray the message to to you all, how we really ought to be focused on being 100 percent Christians. And I think that's where this article came up. Um, I, I, apparently, uh, uh, seven years ago, um, there was a big thing um, and someone else wrote an article. Um, I believe it was Kathy Keller. Uh, title don't take it from me reasons why you should not marry an unbelievable an unbeliever and this person actually came back his name i believe i'm not sure i think it's frank fredericks came back with this article talking about why marrying unbelievers can work and when he wrote this article he actually mentioned some really good arguments against marrying an unbeliever. In fact, he brings out Genesis 24, 3, which says, I want you to swear by God, by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I, whom I am living. Uh, he mentions Exodus 34, 16. And when you choose some of their daughters as wives for your sons and those daughters prostitute themselves to their gods, they will lead your sons to do the same. Um, he mentions Deuteronomy 7, 3, which says, do not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to their sons or take their daughters for 
your sons. Um, he mentions Judges 3, 6, which says they took their daughters in marriage and gave their own daughters to their sons and served their gods. And all of these, I mean, he, he go, I'll mention one more. First, um, what, did it, what was it? First Kings 11, 2. Um, but in, in all of these, he actually um, doesn't mention the New Testament directive to not marry or not be um, yoked with unbelievers. But um, I guess the, the point he was trying to do is uh, really get to um, this idea that you could marry an unbeliever and still be a Christian. And I, for some strange reason, decided to read his whole um, article just to see where he was coming from. And maybe he was giving giving me a perspective that I had never thought about. Um, I, I totally un, uh, unequivocally disagree with this man. But um, the article or, or the scripture that he uses, he actually uses the whole book of Esther to argue that um, it is okay. And the reason he gives is obviously in the book of Esther, who was Jewish, um, she married the Persian king and uh, through her actions, she saved the Jewish people just by marrying a non-believer. Um, that's his argument. And then he goes on to say, uh, unbeliever is kind of derogatory and misleading and that people of other faiths are you know uh, faithful people so they're not unbelieving um and he talks about his relationship with his wife who is uh, non-christian and he says he encourages her to um practice in her faith and i was stunned to say the least um you know there are a lot of reasons um, and maybe, you know, I'll give him this. Maybe unbeliever can be derogatory to someone who believes differently, but they definitely do not believe um, what we believe. And to be perfectly honest uh, with him, the prefix un means not. Um, so they don't believe what you believe. So I don't think it's derogatory. Um, but some people could go further to say that it means uh, uh, it has, uh, you know, a meaning of not being able to, um, which they if they believe something else, they're certainly a different believer. Um, so they're not a believer in what you believe. And I think that's where people get the, the word unbeliever. But I don't know enough about the 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 hebrew and greek words in the bible to tell you if that word definitely means unbeliever but it's used in a lot of the different versions um, as unbelievers so i'm not going to um, argue with him that some people might believe it to be um, derogatory or misleading but what i will say is that ver that song by dayton speaks on a lot of it um, he thought he was going to be with a woman who was his, what he said, ride or die. Um, and I, I can only take this because I don't know much about um, this particular uh, rapper, um, but I'm going to take it as, you know, um, at face value, but just the way it was worded and the way he, he told the story um, in first person. Um, but uh this woman divorced him 
and and maybe she wasn't a believer uh, as he was. But let's just for the sake of argument say that she was. They were obviously clearly not on the same page. Um, and there was so much strife. There was so much problem that eventually she decided to say she wants a divorce. Now, he didn't. He was still in love with her. Um, and it ruined his life. Um, and, and too many times things like this can happen. Um, I know of Christians um, who or I can think of a, a, an old friend of mine um, from college who actually brought me uh, into the faith. Um, if you know my story, there was a young woman that I had a crush on and she kind of introduced me to a lot of different guys. And one of these gentlemen um, became sort of a, a mentor to me in the, in the faith. Um, he wound up getting married and his wife uh, decided she didn't want to be with him anymore. So you really have to, uh, you know, look at what the Bible is, is saying to you, because I feel in a lot of ways that um, the things that God is telling us to do um, are for our own good. Not not I feel I know they are for our own good. And a lot of times we don't want to um, believe it. We want to think. Uh, how we want to think. And, and one thing, one of the verses that he said that really um, struck me um, is is that he said um, he moved to Jersey. Uh, I'm sorry, he moved from Jersey to Florida to marry someone in a hurry that he thought, um, that he thought was right for him, right? He thought she was his ride or die on this journey. Um, he didn't know. He didn't. He didn't think uh, or uh, uh, in terms of what God wanted for him. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that is that is profound. That is profound. So many times I'm looking at this world right now, and we are aligning ourselves with people that we think are right for us. That we think are doing things um, that uh, the right way, so to speak, or that are doing God's will. And just like this person who wrote in the HuffPost, um, you know, he thinks he's not looking at God's word in terms of what God is saying. He's looking at God's word to agree with him. He's not looking at the word and say and praying. I can tell. I can tell because Esther's story was not about that. When you think about uh, those Old Testament times, and he goes into it to to uh, refute the scriptures in Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, Judges, and Kings, he goes in there and talks about the Old Testament was different back then. And then he uses the Old Testament to justify his own actions, which is, uh, you know, just uh, crazy for anybody to not be able to pick up on that. Um but I start thinking about um, the old. I thought start thinking about the Old Testament. I've I've mentioned it a lot in the past, and there are good stories in there that are definitely God breathed because God is speaking to us in a way um, that He wants us to live our lives. He's trying to protect us. Um, we we refer to Him as Father for a reason. We refer to Him as uh, Daddy for a reason because we know that he is there to take care of us. And as a father, we want the best for our sons. And why wouldn't he want the best for us, his sons and daughters? 
right? Um, so um, that particular song speaks to, I guess, this this overarching message of uh, being with our, our own kind, if you will, um, and the devastation, the destruction that happens when we aren't in our own um, environment, in our own kind. Um, you know, I wanted this this discussion to go in a, in a variety of ways and it's not going to it's going to kind of stick into what i started with just being amongst our people um and, and i'll tell you this i'll read the story uh, of daniel and the lion's den and um if you don't know the story of daniel and the lion's den or just in general the whole story of daniel um the chapter of daniel in the old testament is full of nuggets full of wisdom and as an older person, I, I'll tell you, I read it so differently than I did uh, when I was a child. Um, Daniel and the Lion's Den was a great story for a child, uh, just to talk about faith and, and uh, the miracles that God did for his people who believed in him. Um, but I'm just going to read uh, the first five verses of chapter six, um, just to show you the first thing that popped in my mind. And it says this. Uh, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with the with three administrators over them, one of them whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with with the law of his God. And so, um, you know, as a child, they don't really give you that. They, I mean, they do mention it when they talk about Daniel and the lion's den. They do talk about that, but they don't really say that. Look, um, Daniel was upright. He was uh, just amazingly obedient and disciplined in his focus on God. I mean, you get that a little bit as a child, but the people who wanted to see his downfall obviously were not Christian. Daniel, the whole book of Daniel is about Daniel being set apart, living amongst unbelievers. Um, in the beginning, he and his friends uh, were forced to eat a, a, a menu of foods that were not, um, you know, uh, safe uh, or not safe, but they weren't prescribed by God. And so they chose to go against it. And God blessed them and their, their eating habits. And they were shown to be um, better than everybody else just through their diet. Um, and so, you know, looking at this one, you see again, Daniel, six chapters later, he's still facing opposition from people who are unbelievers, who don't follow his God, and they're setting a trap for him. And I look at the lifestyle of this man who was talking about marrying unbelievers um, and saying that it can work. Um, and that uh, it, it can work in the fact that you're basically helping each other to fulfill your own opposing face. Because the Bible teaches us that uh, 
God is the that Jesus is the only way to God. So if someone else believes something else, our our gospel or our Bible, our truth is telling us that theirs is, is a lie. And so we are diametrically opposed to our um, to everyone else. And that is profound in in this day and age, because many people don't want to see that many people don't want to be seen as an outsider. You know, this day of age of all the social media and all the attention seekers, everyone wants fame or money or power or fortune. And the Bible teaches us to be content in God. Um, and that's so totally different from the world. So for this this person um, who wrote in the HuffPost article, uh, I can't say that he is not a Christian. But what I can say is that he is not wholeheartedly a Christian because he is not seeking to um, uh, bring glory to God by uh, marrying other people, uh, not marrying other people, excuse me, by uh, bringing other people to God and showing the glory of God. He is uh, amongst his own thoughts. He's thinking for himself and by himself and saying that this is the woman that he wants to marry and the only woman. And then he goes even further and tells her that her beliefs are okay. And that reminds me of some of these uh, preachers that are out there who are just speaking a, a good news message and telling everybody that everything's honky-dory, God is nothing but love, and, and all this other stuff. And let me be clear, you know, God is a God of love, but he is more than that. Um, we can't put God in a box because God is God, and we are seeking to understand him every single day i cannot say uh with certainty everything god is except through what the bible tells me he is does that make sense i know i'm kind of speaking broadly but i think that makes sense the bible tells me who god is i can't say who god is the bible says who god is i i think that's a, a little bit clearer um and so dayton's divorce in uh, Hell in the Hallway, that's the name of the song, is really an example of what it's like um, to uh, see what happens when people are, you know, forced to do things on their own and not seeking God. Um, he says it himself that this is something that he wanted. He didn't not once at the beginning say this is something that God had ordained. This is something that he wanted he tried to he married her in a hurry he said um he said he thought it was a sacrifice for him not once in the beginning did he talk about god it wasn't until after he saw the pain he saw the strife he saw the things that were happening to him that he reached out to god did you hear the lyrics um he's talking about his knees being callous from the time in prayer it wasn't calloused at the beginning you know what i'm saying it was calloused at the end and then god opens up to him and says you know cast everything on him uh all your anxieties but the bible also tells us we should be going to him in prayer and everything second corinthians verses six i'm sorry chapter six fourteen through eighteen which uh this man in the huff post did not mention says do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness 
and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Beliar? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you and I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And so I'm looking at this particular scripture and there is no doubt that the Bible is teaching us not to be with unbelievers or with people who do not believe the things that we do. Um, and so he does mention um, that uh, he does mention in 2 Corinthians 14. Um, but he says this about it. He says um, she also quotes. 2 Corinthians 6.14, which says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, lawlessness excuse me, or what fellowship has, with, has light with darkness? While I can totally see the wisdom of not surrounding yourself with people who impede your own walk in faith, this begs the question, is every yoke unequal? What kind of question is that? You see what I'm saying? People love to ask questions that don't make sense. They're what uh, they're 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 questions that create a circle of argument. You know, they're questions that don't seek truth. They're questions that only seek inner peace uh, 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 within oneself, absent of God. You see what I'm saying? The the verse says, "Do not be." unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness and then he comes and says okay i can see the wisdom of that but is every yoke unequal the bible just said that when you're yoked unequally with someone who doesn't believe what you believe it's unequal so the answer is yes but that's not where he goes he said, could someone be equally yoked with an unbeliever? Her term, not mine. Not her term. It's in the Bible. You see what I'm saying? Or could you be unequally yoked with someone of the same faith or denomination? The verse could have simply, the verse, this is the problem. The verse could have said more simply, don't be yoked with unbelievers, but it includes the unequal which really points to the challenge being stuck with people who don't inspire you to dig deeper in your faith. And so, um, you know, there are going to be people out in the world that try to confuse us, um, who are or profess to be Christians. And um, the Bible even says that Satan um, knows the Bible. He knows the Bible better than all of us, most of us, all of us. You know, he's been here longer. He knows it inside and out. He had the audacity to try and challenge Christ. And here we have 
uh, Satan using this particular person. I'm not going to say this person is Satan because I don't believe that. But this people, this person clearly doesn't have a strong foundation in the scripture to understand what he is doing here. Um, he says, once again, I respect some people will take this to mean that you shouldn't be in an interfaith marriage. But I simply want to illuminate that a more complex discussion can be had. It can't be. It can't be. Because the minute you do something like that, you aren't challenging other Christians. You're challenging God. You're challenging his word. And um, there are examples in the Bible of people challenging God. But who's come out on top? Right. So we have to have a very strong understanding of the Bible and what it tells us to do. You know what I'm saying? Because people are going to be out there trying to twist and misinterpret the Bible. And they're going to come at you as or in the uh, face or in the light as believers and they're really not here's what second timothy chapter three has to say about that and i'll just read the first nine but mark this there will be terrible times in the last days people will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boastful proud abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy without love unforgiven slanderous without self-control brutal not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have, no have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth, just as Giannis and Yambris oppose Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far, because as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. We need to know our word. We need to focus on God first. We need to focus on the things that he wants us to focus on um so that was the message today i went a little bit over 30 minutes but i just i just had to get that out of me um i hope you'll share this with other people um and be in your word people be in your word because others are going to come at you with it in some ways or not that's my that's my time um i love you i'll be praying for you feel free to always email me cross discourse at gmail.com peace Oh.